So as I stepped back from dieting and started to check in with my body instead of a diet app to decide what and when and and all the things on on eating, I was like, oh, my body actually has a lot of wisdom. Like these mechanisms are built in. I was designed to have hunger cues and fullness cues. That's how my body was designed. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today, I have on the show Lisa Salisbury. And Lisa is a health and weight loss coach for women who want to lose weight without counting and calculating their food. As a former chronic dieter herself, Lisa knows all about being all consumed with everything that goes into your mouth. I know a lot of y'all can resonate with that. And it was only when she learned the tools and skills through coaching that she was able to drop the dieting obsession and drop her own weight. And now as a certified health coach and life coach and weight loss coach, she is using really our our innate wisdom to help women drop the pounds. And so we're talking today just about that, what it means to really follow the hunger scale and how to really tune into the, the signals that your body is giving you and really how to get in touch with these biological signals that are, are really telling you when to eat, when to stop eating, and all of those cues that keep your metabolism and your body running in tip-top shape. Love this conversation. So many practical takeaways here. Let's jump in. All right, y'all, let's jump in. I'm here with Lisa and I'm excited about this kind of different conversation we've had about um, health and weight loss. She is a health and weight loss coach, like I mentioned. And so we are kind of honing in on that weight loss piece, but from a different perspective, I'm excited to get Lisa's expertise on this. So thanks so much for joining us today, Lisa. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be with you. Yeah, me too. So you are, as I mentioned, you're a weight, uh, health and weight loss coach. Can you, and I know you, I, I feel like most people who end up in this wellness space, we have our own journey mm-hmm. to get here. Right. So can you kind of yes. talk through <laughs> your journey of, um, getting into like specifically honing in on these areas of wellness? Yeah. So I, I also kind of consider myself a recovered chronic dieter. Mm. I have dieted. So I'm 47 now and I started dieting when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So I had several, several decades of (laughs) just the, the dieting, um, the years of having children, I have four children and with five pregnancies in there. So I was pregnant and nursing for nine years. So there was a lot of up and down with my weight and my brain did not deal well with that. I did not have the tools that I have now to understand what was happening in my body was just totally fine. I wasn't actually getting fat, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? My brain was like, this is bad. What What is happening? You're right. And with my last baby, I knew knowing she would be my last. I remember having thoughts about like, this is the last time it'll be okay for you to be fat. And oh, man. like, that's obviously not what was happening. I was pregnant, which is right. <laughs> totally different thing there. <laughs> this is a different thing. But 
Um, the problem was that I was creating a lot of scarcity around food. Well, this is the last time you should eat all the things now. So, you know, you're not going to be able to eat cupcakes without guilt later. Mm-hmm. Right. It's okay to eat it, eat everything now. So right. of course, um, I gained a lot of extra weight during that pregnancy because of that. So I just was creating a lot of scarcity around food because I was like, well, I can only eat this now. So it just led to a lot of, uh, just a lot of dieting really, I just spent a lot of the years and and I think about those years when the kids were little and what I was, you know, portraying with my food and trying so hard to hide from them that I was dieting. It was just all this whole tricky thing. But what I came to in the end of my dieting years was macro counting. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to vilify any one particular program because there's things that work for people. Everyone has, you know, a different Mm -hmm. like tolerance for dieting. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not do well with macro counting and and I did it for a long time, mm-hmm. but it got to the point where it was just increasing my anxiety. anxiety if I could not right. hit the macros, yep. like if I didn't know what the restaurant macros were, yep. like so you become completely neurotic about it. Totally. Yeah. 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 It was not good for my mental mm-hmm. status. I went into it with the whole, the marketing is very good about like, if it fits, Mm-hmm. You can eat whatever you want if it fits. And what I found is that I would end up eating lunch meat straight from the refrigerator at the end of the day because I was short on my protein mm-hmm. macro. You know, mm-hmm. like why? What? <laughs> you yeah. know, I wasn't hungry for it. I didn't want that. It right. wasn't satisfying. I wasn't like, yes, now I feel healthier. Like right. it wasn't really yeah. feeding any part of what I needed. So I don't think I had an eating disorder. I think I was close to orthorexia, but I definitely was eating in a disordered way. Right. Right. And I think that's a good distinction. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of disordered eating Eating, in the diet industry. Yeah. So I found the tools of coaching and I really think it's for me, it's all of the things that dieting never offered me when I bought a book or I bought a program or I followed a, a website meal plan. They never said, and by the way, when you don't feel like doing this, when you don't want to eat these foods, here's what to do. Here's Mm -hmm. how to manage a craving. The only thing I was ever given was like, if you want sugar, just choose some sugar-free gum. Well, that just literally led to a a gum addiction, which I say (laughs) that sort of tongue in cheek, but when I finally gave up gum, I was like chewing one to two packs a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I was like, oh, so I, you can tell, like, I have a little bit of a tendency towards like that anxiety mm-hmm. type, you know? And so I, those things just weren't great for me. So right. as I stepped back from dieting and started to check in with my body instead of a diet app to decide what and when and and all the things on on eating, I was like, oh, my body actually has a lot of wisdom. Like these mechanisms are built in. I was designed to have hunger cues and fullness cues. Mm -hmm. That's how my body was designed. Mm -hmm. And so when I just gave up, when, when I deleted again, not vilifying anything, but when I deleted my fitness pal from my phone, like, yeah, it was no joke for my anxiety. I was yeah. like, can I do this? Can I break up with macro and calorie counting? Mm-hmm. And it it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. 
did you did you ever have a point where you like got back on and got back off? Did you have any like back and forth or were you just kind of cold yeah. turkey like I can do it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. I mean, at the beginning I was like, okay, I like, I remember sitting down to like a lunch and being like, I'm not going to track this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and it wasn't just like, and then I never tracked again. Right. Like, <laughs> I would be like, well, let me, let me just check the calorie count on this meal. Uh-huh, just, uh-huh. just check it, you yeah. know? And then I'd like pop back in, I'd get on the web version of my fitness pal. Like I don't have the app, but I'll just you know, so <laughs> yeah, I definitely had to like, yeah, boy with it a little back and forth mm-hmm. until I really was like, okay, no, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. No, I get that. And I've, I've done the same thing. I mean, I've done, I mean, same, I, I had disordered eating for a long time and I mean, I, I obsessively, I mean, I knew the calorie, can you name it? I could tell you the calorie count. I get like, it was, it was really obsessive compulsive, really. But mm-hmm. same. And then tracking the things. And then, cause then it's like, I don't know, at some point it's like, okay, well we won't count calories, but it's, it's healthier to count macros. And so then it turns into that and you feel like you're doing something better than counting calories. And it's, it's the same <laughs> freaking thing. Like it's, it's, it's not any different. And then you're just equally yeah. as obsessive about it. Cause I was the same yeah. way. It's like, well, let me put this in and then see how many I have left. And then it just, yeah, it's, it's, and, and I agree with you. Like it works for some people and some people, mm-hmm. I think, I think maybe some people, A, maybe just don't have the maybe obsessive tendencies, but two, I think if you've ever had, I, I mean, I could say this honestly, I think if you've ever had any sort of like disordered eating behavior, tracking, counting, anything is just not a good, I just don't think it's a good thing. I just yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. And I, one of the last draws for me too, was when I realized I was consistently bringing the kitchen scale Mm. to the dinner table and weighing my portion in Mm -hmm. front of my teenage daughters. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I was like, I just one day I was like, what am I doing? Oh, like this has gone too far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, you have, I mean, my kids are still little, so it's, you know, not in the same thing, but it's, that's the thing I think about a lot too, where it's like, you know, what kind of behavior do you want to model for your kids? And mm-hmm. I don't want my daughter, you know, having that period of her life that I did where I was just so obsessed with all of that and exercising obsessively and just, be, you know, feeling so terrible about myself. So it's, yeah, you you definitely have to be mindful of the behavior you're mm-hmm. modeling and like what relationship you want them to have with food and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then going the other way of like getting older, like mm-hmm. I don't want to be counting macros when I'm 80. Right. <laughs> right. Like, when does it stop? Yeah. <laughs> at some point I was like, at some point I need to just learn to eat. To, right. Just, right. We'll just learn to just eat, like to eat. eat like a mm-hmm. normal person, mm-hmm. eat like, you know, just learn to eat without all of this chatter. Right. Right. Which leads me to the question, I, a question I wanted to ask you, because I think I've I've talked about this before in my Facebook group, but I think, you know, you hear all these, there's so much marketing around different things that suppress appetite and Mm -hmm. you stay fuller longer and all these things. So it, it's like, you know, diet culture has us afraid of being hungry. Like we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to be hungry, but uh, being hungry is a natural thing. Like we're supposed to be hungry. (laughs) So what, what can you, how can you, what advice do you have, have about around that? And just like, I guess there's a mindset shift there, but also like you were talking about how you were able to tune into your body to understand like your hunger cues. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like my body has these signals and helping people feel like it's okay to be hungry. 
Yeah, totally. I think it's so crazy because we've been, you know, you're in the grocery. I always think about the magazines and the grocery mm-hmm. line. You know? mm-hmm. And how many times have you seen that headline? It's like, lose 20 pounds without being hungry. Like, yeah. <laughs> why, why do we want, why do we want to suppress this natural yep. thing? Like nobody is like, learn to manage your, like your bladder without ever feeling like you need to pee. Like <laughs> yeah. why, why would you but, do that? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Like we want to be like, oh, I need to pee. That's a signal. And then we mm-hmm. use the bathroom and then mm-hmm. we spend some time not needing to pee. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same thing. We same are like, thing. we get this signal and we're like, oh, we need to bring some food on board. Then we eat and then we spend time not being, not being right. hungry. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. So it's, totally. it's just that natural, that natural cycle that our body was designed to do. And the problem I think with those of us that have been chronic dieters or just even people that see that messaging, we think it's a problem right? if we're hungry right. and we ha- I have a lot of clients that are like, I'm just not sure because they have they have delegated the task of deciding when to eat to a diet app mm-hmm. or to a program that tells you, I was on a, a diet once that was like, you have to eat on this schedule. And so I set an alarm and I mm-hmm. ate on that schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yep. And I've had friends do that one before they have alarms yeah. set in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Your body does send you hunger signals at those times because your ghrelin will adjust to the clock. Right. And so when, right. when you feed it at these intervals, it will adjust. And then you think that you're probably ready for food at that time. Mm-hmm. It gets very confusing when we've spent so long delegating the task of deciding when to eat to either diet programs or the clock. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've got to just get back in touch with our hunger Mm -hmm. and wait long enough between meals. This idea that we have to eat every two hours to keep your metabolism revving is such a lie. Mm -hmm. So you got to just give it some time, wait until you're hungry and notice the distinction too, between the physical sensation of hunger, which is a lightness. We get, um, we get an empty feeling in our stomach. It might start to growl a little bit. And if you let it go too far, of course, then you might get a headache or, you know, get some dramatic physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. But when we're first starting to feel hungry, it's going to be in the stomach. And this is a sensation in the body that then travels to the brain and says, Hey, we're hungry. When people are like, well, I have to eat because I get hangry. That's Mm -hmm. emotional hunger. Mm -hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. talking about being mad that you haven't eaten, (laughs) that's actually more in the brain traveling to the body. Mm -hmm. So we have to be really aware of, is it an idea? We pass the donut shop. Ooh, donuts sound good. And then we get a little signal that actually started in the brain. We, our, our body wasn't hungry. We just had the idea Mm -hmm. that we should eat and then it traveled to the body. Right. So we want to separate out the idea of being mad that we haven't eaten and getting hangry mm-hmm. and just having gone some time and be like, yes, I am very physically hungry, but mm-hmm. I don't need to be mad about it. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And I know you use the the hunger scale a lot with your clients. And I wanted mm-hmm. you to talk a little bit about that. And you, you're kind of, you know, talking about it now, but just specifically, because I think that's the other thing too, is people are like, well, if I'm not tracking things or like you're saying, if I'm not following the schedule, like, well, how do I know when to eat or how do I know 
when I'm mm-hmm. full? How do I know, you know, like, how do I know all these things? So can you talk a little bit about what the hunger scale is and how we can use that? Yeah. So I use one, there's lots of different ways to use a a hunger scale, but I like one that goes from negative 10 through zero to positive 10. Mm -hmm. So at a negative 10, this is like starving. This is several, several hours without a meal. This is not like I didn't eat a good breakfast and now Mm -hmm. I'm starving at lunch. Mm -hmm. It's like I fasted all day for a medical test, right? Mm -hmm. Like really hungry. It's very uncomfortable to be here. Um, and then through zero, zero is neutral. This is where we want to spend most of our day. This is, you know, an hour after a meal where you just, you feel neither hungry nor full. You don't feel the food in your stomach, but you're not hungry at all. You just feel very neutral. And then positive 10 is equally uncomfortable as negative 10. It's very, very full. This is like Thanksgiving dinner, three pieces Mm -hmm. of pie. You got to lay down in a dark room, unbutton your Mm -hmm. pants, right? (laughs) Our society glorifies this like food coma type thing, but it's, it's very uncomfortable. If we're, if we're being honest, it is. we're just as uncomfortable in the body as we are when we're at like negative 10. So we, like I said, we want to spend most of our day at zero, but as we start to get hungry and it's been um, a few hours, I'm sure you talk about like the digestive um, benefits of waiting three to four hours between meals. We don't want to be constantly putting food in the system. We want to have some rest and then digest. So, so if it's been two, three, four hours and you're starting to feel some s- symptoms of hunger, we're getting negative one, negative two. I like for my clients to start eating at a negative three hunger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I want them to sit down, butt in a chair plate on a table. (laughs) And I want them to eat all the way to a positive three. And there's a couple really key reasons for this. I have a technical name for that from the negative three to a positive three. It's called a meal. (laughs) (laughs) Very complex stuff here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, but the mm-hmm. reason I make a point of that is I'm not a big fan of snacking mm-hmm. because snacking is like, I'm at a negative one and then I'm going to have a little hundred calorie snack pack and mm-hmm. I'm getting to a positive one. We're not, we're not full at that point. We're right. not satisfied. We haven't right. had enough. And so what happens is we drop back down again. We, and then we have a snack and we drop back down and we snack and drop. And then my clients say, I just, I don't know. I just hungry all day. And I was mm-hmm. like, did you sit down and have a meal? Grazing all day. Like mm-hmm. capital M mm-hmm. meal, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Right. When, when we're grazing, when we're having that, like got to eat every two hours, we don't get that meal feeling where we're, where we're hungry. And then we eat through all the way to a positive three mm-hmm. and a positive three is not as full as you think, right? You don't need as much food to sustain you to the next meal as you right. think right Right now. Like if you're kind of a chronic overeater, it, it, you are probably need to scale back to get to that positive three. It's a feeling where you could get up from the table and go for a 10 minute walk without mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. without feeling like, Oh, sluggish oh, or right. Bleh. Yeah. I'm like gonna, I'm going to be washy. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be very easy. I'm not saying you have to go on a 10 minute walk after every yeah. meal, but it's a good measure. Like, yeah. Could I, would I feel gross in my body, not in our brains? Like, don't be mean in your brain about it, but like in your body, could you do it? That's a good measure. Cause people always are like, well, what is a positive three? Yeah. So, um, but that that's generally my hunger scale. And once you start really paying attention to how you feel and giving them a number, Mm -hmm. 
you're going to start feeling like, oh yeah, negative three hungry. It actually feels good to yeah. start eating at this point. Yeah. Because if you've ever like, okay, I was at my sister's this weekend, we traveled for Easter and you know, there's a lot of food when you're, mm-hmm. when you're the guest, like, you know, we're, we're foodie people. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we're same. like, yeah, went out to good. dinner. Mm-hmm. It was my daughter's birthday. It was Easter. It was like all these things. And my daughter was like, I haven't felt hungry all weekend. Like it doesn't actually feel that <laughs> yeah. great to mm-hmm. just eat on top of not feeling hungry. Right. So right. when you really start waiting for that physical hunger, you actually feel like, yes, I'm really ready for this meal and right. you're not mad about it. Right. 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 And you're it's so not- much more satisfied at the end of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. So let me, sorry, before you ask another question, let me share one more thing. Yeah. About the hunger scale is a lot of people are like, well, how do I know? And I gave that one tip as far as how, you know, you're at a positive three. One thing to remember is that you are going to have to experiment with this. You will have to undershoot and overshoot both on the negative side, the hunger side and on the positive side. So always think of this. You said your kids are little, but um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have kids that are elementary age and they've taken these tests that are called iReady. I don't know if that's what they're called in California. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're called that all over the country, but basically it's a computer test and it's like, okay, you third grader, here are some third grade questions. And then they get the third grade questions, right? And they're like, okay, we'll give you fourth grade questions mm. and then fifth grade. And to determine their reading level, because if a third grader can read on a sixth grade level, we need to test them beyond that in order to see where they're at. Right. And then right. same thing, if they're getting them wrong, then they'll give them easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. I want you to think of the hunger scale as like, okay, I think I'm at a positive three here. I'm going to stop eating and then see how long does it take me to get hungry? Mm. How do I feel in 20 minutes? And then reassess. Okay. I think maybe that was just a positive two feeling really light, feeling like I need to eat in two hours. Okay. Then the next time you're going to eat a little more and see, and so we want to overshoot. We want to undershoot. We want to eat when we're slightly hungry. We want to wait a little bit longer. Like I'm going to let that first signal of physical hunger pass, wait for the second one, Mm -hmm. see if that's more of a negative three. Mm -hmm. So the first couple of weeks you're practicing this, you're going to be all over with your portions, with your, um, you know, your meal timing, Like sometimes I wait and it's like two o'clock. I'm like, okay, like I haven't gotten hungry for lunch yet. That's a good Mm. indicator that I was probably past a positive three at breakfast. Mm. So it just helps. And so write it down when my clients come after I teach them the hunger scale and then their food journal comes back and it says negative three, positive three on every meal. I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't actually like, I want to see the numbers all over the place for the yeah. first week. Mm-hmm. I want to see you experiment. I want to see, like, like I said, think about overshooting and undershooting mm-hmm. both so that you can really hone in on what it feels like to be right. at that positive three. Because if you need to lose weight, meaning if, if you have decided you want to drop some fat lot, mm-hmm. you know, you, that you want to burn some fat off your body, mm-hmm. however you want to term it, you have been overeating. If you mm-hmm. have been storing fat, like right, right. from a biology standpoint. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so right now, so we know you're overshooting that positive three at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So we just, you can just start gently with like, leave two bites behind, leave three bites behind, see what happens, see right. how it, you're actually totally fine. You may have right. been eating to consistently to a five or six at most mm-hmm. meals and then occasionally even more. 
So we want to start by just bringing it down to a four or five Mm -hmm. and then gradually back, you know, down and down. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. That makes all. And I like the, I like the idea of, of the trial and error part. Like, let's just play with it and see how it is. And, and like, I think people also don't get that you're, but well, I mean, you said beginning, like we have these signals that work and I was just having this literally actually today, I was having this conversation with one of my clients because I was talking my kids are two and four. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy when you look at kids, like kids know when to stop eating. They know when they don't want to eat anymore. They, their signals are yeah. like, they, everything works. They're in tune with their bodies and we, and in a way that we really don't realize, but like they know when they're hungry and they know when they're done eating. And mm-hmm. they may not have finished their plate, but they know they're they're done, like they're full. And so I, I always think about that, like how how we get so out of tune with our bodies because we were born with, you know, these signals mm-hmm. are working at some point. Mm-hmm. And then at some point they stopped working and or we just, you know, tuned out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my my question was because I have, I've, I've had clients before, like you're talking about your clients, like keeping track of like the numbers and stuff. And so, you know, I'm looking through their we, you know, do a little food journal at the beginning of our time together, but they're talking about like their feelings and around before and after they eat and all these things. And a lot of times, like you're saying how people, sometimes they eat just like these little snacks, basically just snack all day. So they're never mm-hmm. really full. And and I, I recognize that a lot in the food journals that I read. And, you know, I'm also honing in on protein and a lot of it is, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about hormone balance. And so we're talking about getting, I'm using your quotes here, enough protein. And so I, I find that sometimes a women are scared to eat quote enough protein, whatever that mm-hmm. means, you know? And then two, I find sometimes it's, it's not so much people. It's, it's not only people who quote need to lose weight or want to lose weight that have trouble with these signals. Like sometimes like people, how do I explain it? Like they, they think they're eating enough, but they're really not. So I, I guess my question for you is, in terms of like people who they don't get hungry, like it's the opposite end, right? Like mm-hmm. they feel like they just don't get hungry during the day and they'll go all day without eating. Like, do you have any sort of like troubleshooting for people who it's like they're they're not in tune with their hunger signals in that way? It's not so much the overeating part, but it's like they're under eating because they they don't get those hunger hunger signals and they they don't mm-hmm. feel hungry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I um generally speaking, clients that come to me are are already overeating. Mm -hmm. So I don't really get any under eaters, but my first thought would be how much caffeine are you using Mm. to suppress your hunger signals? Totally. Totally. Mm Because that is very common to be like, oh, I just have some coffee or an energy drink or whatever for breakfast. And and that just tides me over. Well, I, I I am not against caffeine. I use caffeine. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I'm not, but we have to be very careful that we're not using it to suppress our natural mm-hmm. hunger signals. Right. So right. that would be my first question. Second question would be how much sugar are we eating when we are eating? Mm-hmm. Because sugar can also really mess. Generally, it's the opposite mess, direction. Yeah. It's going to increase your hunger signals. But if sugar does crazy stuff, so it's true. we'd yeah. want to we'd want to mm-hmm. look and see in the evening when they are eating, if if they're a person that under eats during the day and then possibly is overeating in the evening, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we can't be a chronic under eater and also over significantly overweight. Uh, Right. So there's overeating somewhere, whether that's in the evening Mm -hmm. on the weekends. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would say we want to get to a more consistent eating pattern. 
because the under eating is happening some hours of the day, but not all of the hours of the day Mm -hmm. or the week. Right. And that's true that you, all of that, I agree with all of that. And it's true because a lot of times I get to their, the end of their little, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what snacks did you have today? And then it's their listing, like you're talking about sugary things. I'd say more often than not, it's a list of these sugary things. And it's like, oh, well, there's where all of your energy mm-hmm. went. So I totally agree with you. It's that's a good, all three of those I are key indicators, I think, of something going on with the under eating mm-hmm. part. Yeah. No, that's I like all of that. I agree with all that. So for the like for the people who are kind of in the place where you were before, where you're like, you know, tracking all these things. I'm completely neurotic about it. Like what, what, um, I guess strategies maybe is a better word. I was going to say tips, but just people who are ready to kind of get off of mm-hmm. that, like obsessive thing with tracking, like what are some, I mean, or maybe it's steps that you took to help wean yourself off of that and just be able to tune in to your hunger signals and all yeah. that. I think that, First to start off with a lot of self-compassion because I was really critical mm-hmm. of myself, like, yeah, oh, so much dieting. You're, you know, a lot of negative self-talk about that. Instead, I'd like you to look at those diets about what you learned. I would not have learned so much about protein and where to how to incorporate more protein into my diet mm-hmm. had I not macro counted. So I'm like, you know, That's I'm true. just going to say, I'm I'm glad for that piece. And we can really pull the pieces that have worked for you out of diets. I like to say when, when we're thinking about, well, I don't know what to eat without a diet. I don't know without mm-hmm. someone telling me really think through where have you felt really amazing? Because sometimes you actually do feel amazing on a particular diet. What is mm-hmm. it? Mm, that one has a lot of vegetables. I feel great when I eat vegetables, six, mm-hmm. you know, six servings of vegetables a day, which is, you know, a couple, meaning like a couple servings at each meal, or I feel great on a lot of fruit that really helps me with my sugar cravings, or I feel great when I'm incorporating protein at each meal. There are things, there are things you have done in past diets that instead of criticizing yourself and being mad that you spent those years, like, I, I mean, I certainly have had the thoughts where I'm like, I wasted those years. Then the kids were little thinking only about my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could think that, or I could think, look how much I learned. I did my very best. Like I look back at that past self and I was like, she was doing her very best to take care of four little kids and manage a brain that she did not have the tools for like, that was the best she could do was to just like control Mm -hmm. this one thing, which was like her food. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, try to be very compassionate when you're stepping out of the dieting and look at what you've learned. Do I need to be completely sugar-free? Probably not. Like when you look like, so again, with the macro counting, because it was like, if it fits, I fit in Mm -hmm. sugar items now and again, and I was fine. So like, Right. Really look and see what has worked for you in the past and combine those things into the way you want to eat for the rest of your life. I don't want you to diet for your entire life. I want you to care about your health for your entire life. Right. And I think it's a big difference. There's a big difference between tracking calories and making choices to include vegetables every day because I want to be 
at a point where I can live to a hundred. Like that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to do that, well, I'm going to need to eat vegetables. Like you just do. Right. right? right. <laughs> and I feel best. It's I feel true. best when I'm eating yeah. a good amount of produce. And so mm-hmm. just really thinking through what has worked for you in the past and then creating what I call go-to meals. So I have like three breakfasts that I basically rotate between. Those are my Mm go-to breakfasts. I I don't need a lot of variety in those meals. And so, and that's actually, I have a free e-guide called go-to meals that you can download to kind of guide you in building these because when we're getting off of dieting, we're like, but I don't know what to eat. What to eat, accessing right. some mm-hmm. of those ideas of things that have worked really well for you, or maybe like mm-hmm. I felt great on this and it was something that I feel like contributed to my weight loss in the past. Like that mm-hmm. could be a great go-to meal for you. And right. so just creating those for yourself and it's not creating a new diet that you've made up. It's just creating a way that you like to eat like, can right. I eat the the kind of oatmeal that I, it's kind of like a protein oatmeal I made up during macro counting and with kind of, kind of a variety of different diets, but that I've kind of honed mm-hmm. in. Could I eat that when I was 80? Totally. I could eat that. It's not a diet food. Yeah. It's just a food that works right. well for me in the morning. Yeah. 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 That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, and I, I like the go-to thing too, because I think you, if you, when you have the go-tos, then there's less guesswork and then it keeps you from either falling in a sinkhole or, or from just like not eating. And then, you know, you go too long and then you're, you know, going back to where you're talking about with the hunger skin and mm-hmm. all that. And then you're gorging yourself at, you know, 5 PM. Cause you've gone all day without eating. Cause you didn't feel like eating whatever you had fixed or you didn't weren't prepared mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I love those tips. So what would you say? So kind of wrapping up here now that you haven't, you've given a ton of practical things to take away with, but what would you say for, for people who are like, really want to tune into their body, be able to use these signals and like use their body to tell them when to eat, what, what would you say like the top two or three things in getting started with that and tuning in to these signals and their bodies mm-hmm. and all that? Um, number one, you've got to start eating without distractions. So if you are a person who eats in front of the TV, um, most of my clients eat in front of their phones, whether that's scrolling social media or just surfing or shopping on Amazon, like Mm -hmm. we got to put that away when you're Mm -hmm. first practicing how it feels in your body, how food feels in your body and, and really wanting to pay attention to those amounts, you have to pay attention to the food. So, and like I said before, I want you to eat sitting down, like no more eating, standing up at the counter, no more eating in the car on the right. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that's the exception. I know we all live busy lives. So sometimes that happens, but like, that's the exception. We don't want to always, I just used to be a person who would take a snack every time I got in the car. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, we want to eat meals at mealtime in a chair at a table, if you don't have a table, a TV tray, whatever kind of tray, but with, without, um, digital things in front of you. And even, Mm -hmm. even at first too, without paper, like without a newspaper or anything like that. So you've, you've got to pay attention. Um, so that would be the first thing. Secondly, 
If you are a person who wants to lose weight, just remember you probably are currently overeating. And if you're like, well, I only eat meal, one meal a day, like we got to get really honest with that. So we want to just start practicing with leaving a couple bites behind. Mm-hmm. And we're, the the idea is not to eat as little as possible. It's to eat a little bit less than what you're currently eating. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So just leave two bites behind. That's, that's all you need to do the first week, two bites. And you're going to think that doesn't mean anything. A fun experiment is to put those two bites in a Ziploc bag in your freezer. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of two weeks, I want you to look how much food is in there. See how much adds up. Mm -hmm. It will shock you. It's kind of a fun little experiment. And then you'll start just dishing up two bites less. And, um, so as you, as you go on, you'll start changing up your portions and that would really be so, so number one, no distractions. Number two, just practice with leaving two bites behind. And number three, question your portions. Do, is that the portion that you really need? Or is that the portion you've Mm -hmm. always dished up? Mm -hmm. So just, and I'm not saying you're wrong on your portions. I'm just saying, allow to allow yourself to question. We eat the same portions, like, uh, you know, you're served a hamburger, you're served a a large fry, you're served this size sandwich, Mm -hmm. like sandwiches come, you go to a sandwich shop, they're like, they come in a six inch or a 12 inch, like Mm -hmm. maybe you need four inches, maybe you need five and a half Mm -hmm. inches. I don't know, but you've Mm -hmm. always eaten the six inch because they, because they serve you the six inch, like that's what they give you. Question it, Mm -hmm. question your portions. And just decide like, do I need that much or have I just always eaten that much? And so it feels Mm -hmm. normal in my body. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. I have one more question that I want to ask you as we, as we wrap up a question I'd like to ask everyone, but before I do that, can you let everybody know where to find more out more about you? And I know I have a link to your freebie and everything, but where they can learn more about you and what you do and yeah. all that. My website is wellwithlisa.com and on Instagram, I'm well underscore with underscore Lisa. So dumb on those <laughs> usernames. <laughs> I know. Let's. How many symbols do we need yeah. to put in this? <laughs> um, and and then of course you can jump over to my podcast. It's called Eat Well, Think Well, Live Well. That's the name of my my program as well. I cover all those pillars. So sometimes we're doing an Eat Well episode. Sometimes Think Well. We got to think well about our food and our bodies and our cravings and then living well, we got to sleep, we got to move our body and just all the things that make our life amazing so that food doesn't have the job of entertainer, comforter, compensator, all of that. Mm. So we cover all three of those pillars in the podcast. Love that. Perfect. And I will have notes, uh, links to all that in the show notes, of course. Mm -hmm. So the last question I want to ask you, Lisa, what do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? I think it's to stop dieting. (laughs) (laughs) I love that answer. I, I think just to remember that diet and exercise are actually not hobbies. When someone's like, mm. what do you like to do? And and you list something to do with your dieting or exercise routine. And if exercise is specifically to lose fat, if you're just like, I love to hike, that's different. But I think I got to the point where my only interests were to make food that would help me lose weight and to find mm. exercises that would help me burn fat. 
Those are not hobbies. That is not where you will find fulfilling life. So eat for energy, eat for pleasure in groups. But the most important thing about being together for a meal is actually not the food. It's the being together. Mm -hmm. And so just Mm -hmm. finding joy outside of what you're eating and, and if you are only exercising for fat loss, I, of course, I, I want you to move your body and I hope that you do that in such a way that is fulfilling. But if you're only doing, if you're only going to the gym to punish yourself for what you ate, like, right. That's not where it's at. Right. So Mm -hmm. just enjoying, and that's where I think the live well pillar is really important. So it's interesting you asked this question because there's lots of ways we can make our lives amazing and outside of food. Yeah, that's so true. I love that answer. And I, my, uh, my Pilates studio, it's kind of the tagline on our website. It's like movement for the joy of movement. Mm. Like that's, that's what Mm. it's about. It's not about, you know, you're going to burn calories just naturally, whatever, but that's not why we're doing it. It's just for the joy of movement. So I love that answer. And I love that breakdown. Um, So good, Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on this and getting so detailed with explanations on helping us use the hunger scale and all of that. So thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.